welcome to the Atmosphere Church Podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this message. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our desire is to help lead you in experiencing God by following Jesus. If you want to find out more information about us, head over to our website at atmosphere.church. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. Oh, hey guys. What's up? Pastor Jim here, lead pastor of Atmosphere Church. I'm just studying an old school map. If you were around before the smartphone, you know that this was the only way that we would be able to find our way around towns and areas that we've never been to before. So I'll get to this in a minute, but I want to first thank you again for tuning in and for inviting us into your living room on Atmosphere Live. When COVID hit, we didn't even own a camera. And God has been so faithful because of your generosity, and we've been able to go online and make our services available to you online, especially for those of you that are outside the Thousand Oaks area. Wow, we just feel so grateful that God has made lemonade out of lemons in COVID uh, for our new church. We're not even two years old yet, and here we are reaching people far away from Thousand Oaks, and so we're just so grateful Uh, Today, I have a special message uh, that I want to share with you, and I'm entitling today's talk, Taking Your Life Out of Park, Taking Your Life Out of Park, and uh, it has everything to do with a roadmap, because here's one thing that is true for anybody that lives in Southern California or you've driven in Southern California before, is we are accustomed to being stuck in traffic. It's just part of our culture here. If you go anywhere, you don't know, you might have to add an hour to your travel time just because of traffic. But I will tell you that there is a huge difference of being stuck in traffic where you're going slow in the traffic and then versus when you are actually stopped in traffic. I'll never forget this trip that we had to Vegas when we were going back and forth uh, partnering Uh, with our Vegas church plant years ago. Tara and I were coming home on a Sunday when all of the other Southern California residents come home from Vegas. And so the traffic was enormous, and then there was an accident on the I-15. And it was so bad that we came to a stop, and we were stopped there for 20 minutes, and then pretty soon, people started getting out of their car. Like three hours later, people were just going nuts. Everybody's in park. Everybody is stopped. Helicopter had to come in and do a, uh, a medic uh, evacuation uh, for whatever the accident was. It was a pretty bad accident. But I noticed something in this particular stop is that people started getting really creative on how to get out of the traffic jam. People were going off of the the freeway. They were finding their way on these old dirt roads. And just, they didn't care. Uh, I was imagining probably half of them gambled with, you know, the the whole, is this dirt road going to actually get me somewhere and got stuck. But I noticed that in the distant background, there seemed to be a highway, like a frontage road that was rolling pretty consistently. 
and cars are going on it, and I, and I thought to myself, there's no way I can make it on that road, but I made a mental note to myself because I would take that road so frequently going back and forth to our church in Vegas. So I was thinking, if this happens again, I know there's got to be an on-ramp to this little frontage road, and sure enough, like two weeks later, there was another situation, but I had remembered that there was this other road. I found it on my little map, and then I took it. And then while everybody else has stopped in traffic, I cruised right by them on this frontage road that they had no clue was there. And I was so grateful that I knew it was there. So I've saved probably hours, if not days of my time knowing about that road when the other drivers didn't. And the reason I bring this up is COVID has seemed to make our lives feel like we're in this traffic jam like we're stuck, like we've thrown our car into park and we're kind of waiting for this thing to kind of pass by. And if you've been following the news, you know that this thing is not stopping. It's ongoing. It's never ending. You know, the government says, you know, two more weeks or 21 more days. You got to go from this color to that color. And we're all a little weary of being in park, feeling as though we want to move our lives we want to move our families. We want to move our careers. We want, to, we want to move. And I believe that God has wired us to move our lives forward. And I believe that we've been born into 2020, not by accident, but on purpose. That you, my friend, you were born for a pandemic. You were born into this time on purpose because God knows that there is a way to move your life forward even though it feels like it's come to a stop. So I want to speak into that. And if you have your Bible, I want to open to an Old Testament chapter. It's found in the book of Joshua. And we're going to be in Joshua chapter three. So get your Bibles out, turn to Joshua chapter three, and I'm going to pray this. Father, I thank you how you are moving in the midst of all of this uncertainty and unrest. God, you're up to great things with our lives. And so, Father, I pray a spirit of encouragement today. I pray, God, that you would come and meet us in the space that we're at. God, I pray that anybody right now that is dealing with a a spirit of depression, God, that it would be broken today. God, if anybody has just been in in a place of anxious thoughts, Lord, that you would replace it with peace today from the message that you have to give us. And we thank you in advance for how you're gonna do that. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. All right, Joshua chapter three, let me set it up for you. So it just so happens that in our daily Bible reading plan, uh, we have been in the book of Exodus for like the last week and a half. Now, I want to fast forward you to the book of Joshua. So for 40 years, Moses and the children of Israel have been wandering in the wilderness, waiting on the promise of God to be given them, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, all of these things that God had had told them were going to happen had never happened. And so Moses dies without ever going into the promised land. He saw it from a distance, but never walked in it. Well, his successor, Joshua, was given the mantle of authority by God to take over where Moses left off. And so the book of Joshua is about the finishing of the Exodus and the moving in to the promised land. And Joshua, being the leader of the Israelites leads the charge. And in chapter three, he's being directed by God 
and how to go into the promised land. So they had seen where God wanted them to go, and God was giving them very specific instructions for how he was going to lead them in to the promised land. And I was reading this this week, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is exactly where we are at right now in 2020 with our nation, with our state, with our city. So check this out. I'm going to read from verse 1. It says, Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Achaia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, lift up the ark of the covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and they went ahead of the people. I mean, this is such a beautiful picture of how God leads us into places that we've never been before. We are in a season that none of us have ever been in before. I was talking to mentor leaders in my life that have been pastors for double the amount of time that I've been a pastor. I've been a pastor for 25 years. These are guys that I look up to, that I admire, that hear from God, and I mean, just amazing uh, mentors in my life. And I've been asking them like, hey, have you ever seen a time like this before? And they're like, no. So this is uncharted waters for all of us. This is a path that we're moving into that none of us have ever been in before. So I feel as though, kind of like the Israelites, that God has given us direction on how to move into the promises of God in a land or in a season that we've never been in before. And I, and I just want to highlight a couple things as we look at this idea of taking our life out of park. So the commandment is, you're going to move, but first you're going to let the priests go before you who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, for those of you that may not be familiar with this portion of Scripture and don't know the history of Israel, the Ark of the Covenant was this box, this anointed box that the Israelites would carry with them that represented the presence of God, that God had divinely told Moses how to build it, and he took good care of it, and God anointed it, and it represented the presence of God. So for God to tell the Israelites, hey, send the priests ahead, carrying the Ark of the Covenant with them on their shoulders, and have them go first, was God telling the Israelites, hey, make sure that you let me lead your life. Let me be first, and keep your attention on my presence. So the, the whole problem with many of our lives is we are so used to looking back. When in a relationship with God, he's always telling us to look forward. So he puts his presence before the people and he says, look ahead, watch me, let me go first and keep your eyes on me. Our lives would be so much better if we could focus our attention more on the presence of God 
and less on Fox News, less on CNN, less on all of our social medias, and just say, God, I'm going to focus on your presence. God's saying the key to get you through the the place that you've never been before, the, the strategy here so you don't get lost, is you keep your focus on me, on my presence, and I will lead you on a path that you didn't even know was there. That God has put a path in front of us that we didn't even know exists. Just like me on that drive home from Vegas, there was a path that I didn't even know was there. And God was saying, hey, take this path and you're gonna save yourself a lot of headache and a lot of heartache in your life. Check this scripture out, Isaiah. This is a word for somebody watching this morning. Isaiah 43, verse 19. For I'm about to do something new. Turn to three people that you're watching this with, say, new, new, new. Just say, new. I'm about ready to do something new. See if I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. That this scripture in Isaiah tells me that it's possible for God to be doing something new and for us not to be able to see it. So how we see this new pathway that God is building in the wilderness is we take a clue from Joshua chapter three and we keep our focus on the presence of God that is going before us. Can I tell you something about faith? Faith always looks forward. It always looks forward. And so you keep your eyes looking forward. You let God lead you and then God will lead you on that pathway that you didn't even know existed because it is important to find that pathway to keep yourself from getting lost. Because some of you have not been focusing on the presence of God this week, you've, you've maybe allowed media to come in or you've allowed all of those videos that people have been sending you to be watched and, and now you, you just feel the sinking feeling. You feel this angst in your soul. God wants to replace that angst with peace, but in order to experience the peace of God, you have to absorb the presence of God. And this is what was happening. The priests were going before the people and then the the priests were acting as the the conduits of heaven, right? To lead the people of Israel into the promised land. So for us, what we have to do is we have to keep looking forward, keep our eyes on the presence of God. And then here's for some of you, maybe not all of you, but God is calling some of you to be the first steppers into the water. That there are leadership gifts that many of you have especially you men right now. I, I wanna just call out you husbands, you, you fathers out there that are watching this. You have been anointed as the priests of your home and God is calling you to lead your family. God is calling you to lead your marriage and you lead them by you being the first one to step into the waters. And the waters can be scary. The waters are uncertain. The waters uh, are very unrestful. But God says, if you follow my presence, you're going to be okay. But you have to step in first and then I will do the rest. So we have to be the first steppers of God. You leaders out there, I'm talking straight to you. Let this be a word from God for you, all right? So as we think about this, I want to give you a a big heavy revy, all right? Are you ready for this? You can't drive a parked car. So in order to move forward on this pathway, in order for you to cross the river, in order for you to step into the promises of God, you've got to get your car out of park and you got to put it in drive. I know it's really simple, but I think it's been six months now, guys, 
six months that we've been in park. And some of us forgot what it feels like to actually drive our lives. We've put our lives on this hold for six months. We forgot what it feels like to move forward. The pause button has been pushed. And God is saying, no, I'm calling you out. See, one thing you need to understand, that even though the world has come to a halt because of COVID-19, the kingdom of God has never stopped. People need God now more than ever before. So the kingdom of God has not been put on pause. The kingdom of God has not been put in park. So God is bidding us saying, hey, there's work to be done. There's promises to be fulfilled. And in order for that work to be done and those promises to be fulfilled, you've got to take your life out of park and put it in drive. That's a, that's a good, heavy revy for us. Now, I think it's good to kind of look at how we do this as a church because we believe that God has given us a roadmap into the promises that he wants to unleash upon our lives. There's a roadmap. And if you were to kind of picture this roadmap as like a subway little, you know, uh, uh, direction that if you've ever taken a subway like in New York or London or whatever, or even in LA, there's typically on the subway train, there's like a little map or where all the stops are. So I want to show you what we believe as a church is how God is gonna fulfill the vision that he has for your life. Because we believe God has a vision for you. We believe that God has a vision for us personally and that God has a vision for us collectively for, as a community. But, but this little four-stop uh, system that I wanna show you is actually good for you personally, but it's also good for us as a community. So we wanna talk about it. And as we move in next week, we're gonna start a brand new series uh, that I'm really excited to share with you, uh, and it's called uh, Living a Better Story, uh, or Live a Better Story. It's going to be really good out of the book of Nehemiah, but today we want to pause and we want to talk about the plan, the roadmap to a changed life that God has for you. So this is the roadmap to a changed life, and there's four stops. First stop is know God. Second stop, find freedom. Third stop, discover purpose. And the fourth and final stop is make a difference because ultimately, that's what God wants for our life. The promises of God are unleashed completely in our life when we are positioned to make a difference with our lives. And that's what we want to talk about today. We want to just take a Sunday and just look at this because it's important for you and it's important for me that we're tracking, that we've taken our life out of park and when it's back in drive and we're moving towards this place that God has called all of us to live at and that is living in a place of making a difference. We get these four stops from a very particular part of scripture in Ephesians chapter one, verses 17 and 18. And this is the apostle Paul praying and encouraging the church of Ephesus. This is what he says. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, he's saying, I'm, I'm praying for you guys to get these heavy revies from the kingdom so that you may know him better. That's no God. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. It's finding freedom in order that he may know or that you may know that the hope to which he's called you, that's discovering purpose, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And that is where we make a difference in the lives of others. I, I like how the message reads the same portion of scripture. It says, I, I ask 
that the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to do, grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life he has for his followers. So let me unpack these four stops for you because what I want you to do today is kind of evaluate where you're at on the map. Maybe you were making progress before COVID-19 broke out and, and you stopped. You, your life went in park in one of these, these steps. And, and I want to encourage you to, to look forward to the next stop that, that God is taking you to. But maybe as we talk about some of these, you're, you're like, hey, man, I'm not even on the first stop yet. So this is good for us to review, even as a church family, because this isn't just a vision for you personally. This is the vision that we have uh, for our church community collectively. So let's talk about this first one. Write this down. Know God. This is the part that says, I pray that you may know him better. And as the message read it personally, see, you can know about someone like I can know about, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, some celebrity, Jennifer Lopez. I can know about Jennifer Lopez, but just knowing about somebody doesn't mean you know them personally. And this word in the Greek language for know comes from this word uh, of, of like intimately, personally knowing somebody. Like you don't just know facts and, and figures about this person or what latest movie they, they were in or what latest song that they produced. Like you, you actually know them, you, you, know, you know kind of the headspace that they're in because you know them, you've, you've hung out with them. And this is the difference of intelligently knowing somebody and intimately knowing somebody. And there's a difference. And I think one of the most sobering passages in the Bible is Matthew chapter seven. So Jesus is given the Sermon on the Mount. And in chapter seven, he's, we're kind of reading the end of this sermon that he's giving. And this is what he says. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, and Lord meaning master, so Lord, manager, boss, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. How crazy is that? So you can actually go through the motions of knowing God without actually knowing God. You could check the box and do everything that you're supposed to do to be religious, but you don't know him personally. So it's possible to learn about God without living for God. And maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you could quote Bible verses to me. Maybe you could tell me, uh, you know, the Greek or the Hebrew meaning of all this stuff. But if I were to ask you, how has Jesus impacted your lifestyle? And you just kind of looked at me and you're like, yeah, not really. He hasn't, he hasn't done much to me. See, when you know God personally, it impacts everything of who you are. You, you can't remain the same. You're changed. And I want to challenge some of you. It's time to stop knowing about him and really start getting to know him personally and intimately. And uh, we, we want to be able to help you do that. Now, for us as a church, this is where you know we you know do these Sunday messages. Like we're always thinking about the people that don't know him yet. 
the people that are just kind of lost out there because you know God has a big heart for the lost. He, he loves the fact that we found him and that we're connected with him, you know, but, but what breaks the heart of God are those creations that he's created that are lost. They don't know him yet. And so we want a big part of our ministry to be about those who are still lost and we wanna make room for them. So as much as we're a training center as a church, we're also a trauma center for those people that are still wounded and, and hurting and bleeding. And we want them to feel as though this is a safe place that you can come in and receive the life of Jesus and receive the healing power of Jesus as well. That uh, we, we want everybody to feel welcome and a part of our church that are out there that are lost. We, we just want people to know God. And how I like to say it is our mission statement is to lead people in experiencing God by following Jesus. We, we don't just wanna talk about the Bible. We, we wanna talk about the experiences that we have of the Bible coming to life in our lives. And that's what he wants to do in all of our lives. So uh, I, I just wanna challenge you. Can you think of someone in your life right now who you wish so badly that they would know Jesus? You're, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a neighbor that lives next door. I, I want you to know, as much as you feel for them and you want th- to see them know Jesus, God cares about them that much more and that much greater. And so we want to make sure that not only do you know God personally, that we're doing a good job as a community, collectively, that we're reaching out to those people that don't yet know him and, and really show them that God wants to have a personal relationship with them. Honestly, I believe this is one of the reasons that God sent Tara and I from Vegas to Thousand Oaks is because he wants us showing lifestyle Christianity. And some of you that were raised in the church, you've, you've done all the motions, but you, you don't really know him. I really believe that God sent us here so that we can introduce you to a intimate relationship with God where you know him. That's the first point. The second stop is finding freedom. This is, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, focused, and clear. Who would have ever guessed that we have eyes in our heart? But we do. That, that uh, there's something inside of us that really allows us to step in fully to this relationship that God wants to have with us intimately. And if there is a bunch of stuff that have maybe gotten somehow lodged inside of you for whatever reason, maybe it was bad decisions that you made as a teenager or maybe even bad decisions that you made last month, and it just feels like this thing that you're carrying around, it may not even be bad decisions that you made. Maybe it was trauma that you lived through as a child or you lived through even as an adult and you're carrying this stuff with you. A lot of that stuff can impact you to where you get stuck. You get stuck in some of those habits. You get stuck in some of those hurts. You get stuck in some of those hangups. And this idea of finding freedom is when God comes to you and gets on the inside of you and begins healing you from the inside out. And sometimes it requires other people to kind of get in there and help you get unstuck. Here's how I like to say it. You can't see tomorrow until you settle 
yesterday. You can't see tomorrow until you settle yesterday. So some of that stuff that is still festering from yesterday is blinding you from seeing the way that God wants to lead you into his promises. So how, how we do that here as a church family is we want you to do life with other people. We want you to step into a life group. We want you to allow other people into your space to help you get unstuck, to take your life out of park and put it in drive and, and just know that the whole model of the church has always been about us being together. There are 30 scriptures in the New Testament alone that are impossible to fulfill without a community around you. So we need to understand that being together with other people is God's idea, not the church's, it's God's. Even back in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, as God's looking at Adam and looking at his creation, he says this, and the Lord God said, it's not good for a man to be alone. I have seen some personal friends get wrecked in the middle of COVID because of the isolation thing. And the isolation has, has really put them in a very, very negative, bad mental health space. And I'm telling you, a lot of that stuff goes away when you allow other people into your life and they help you get unstuck. You know, one of the biggest revelations I've had in the last six months during COVID was this feeling I had. And, and I, I don't know how to explain it to you. I just want to get very transparent with you as far as like how pastors are, are dealing with this pandemic, because I've talked to some fellow pastors and I think all of us kind of were feeling the same thing. But I went on this, uh, you know, 21 day prayer challenge and, and I, it was personal for me, even though we did it as a church, it was personal because I, I wanted God to meet me in a fresh new way. And I feel like in that on day five, I got a phone call from Darren and Samuel Laws, and they invited me to kind of like a, a network prayer meeting, a uh, little prayer retreat. So I met them up in Carmel, and we had about four days where, where we prayed together and, and planned together. And that's, that's how we're doing the series in Nehemiah uh, starting next week. But I had a revelation given to me up there. I, I feel that I have had so much anxiety since this whole shut down shelter in place thing happened because you know we're a brand new church and and I just kept thinking like all these sheep are just like they're not gathering anymore so they're wandering off and and trying to keep track of everybody and I I would I would call one person and make sure that they were good and give a check in but then I'd feel this angst of five others like how are they doing I haven't seen them in a while and so my mind wouldn't shut off I was calling people texting people meeting with people as many as I could because I was just so concerned that people were going to get disengaged and, and lost in this space. And up at the prayer retreat, I know I heard from God say, you have a savior complex. And I just paused at that going, wow. See, instead of equipping people or feeling as though I was equipping people, I feel like I was carrying people. And I had to repent because... I make a lousy savior. I'm going to tell you right now, I make a terrible savior. Only Jesus is capable of saving your life. Pastor Jim's not. And so I switched my mindset when I was at this prayer retreat going, hey, I, I'm not supposed to carry everybody's burdens. I'm supposed to equip them so that they take their burdens before Jesus, who is capable of carrying them. Pastor Jim's not supposed to carry your burdens. Jesus died 
and he told us to allow him to carry our burdens. So my shoulders may be strong, but I'm telling you, it's not strong enough to carry everybody's burdens. That job is reserved for Jesus. But my job is to equip you to take you before him so that you could give them to him. And so I, I haven't been able to call all of you. I haven't been able to text all of you. I haven't been able to meet with all of you. I, I can do a, a little bit. I just don't have the bandwidth to do it with everybody every single week. But you know what? I trust God that he's using these broadcasts. He's using our church to equip you so that you know how to go before God and let him carry these burdens with you, okay? So I, I say all that to tell you that he reminded me of Exodus chapter 18 with Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, say, why are you, you can't possibly take on the burden of the nation. You gotta raise up people among you that are gonna be able to do this with you so the burden is not all on you. And this is where I believe life groups happen. We have life group hosts that are more than capable of being able to meet with you and hear the things, crazy things going on in your life to pray with you along with the collective group of your life group. So if you're not in a life group, you're the one that really concerns me. If you're in a life group, man, I, I feel so much better just because I know that you have people that are in that circle that love you and that are gonna be there for you no matter what. So it's not too late to get in a life group. You are not meant to do life by yourself and you are way better together with other people. So take that as a clue that if you didn't do life group last week, it's not too late. Sign up for a life group, go to our website and you could get in a life group uh, quickly, okay? So- um, the third point is, or the third stop is discovering purpose. And I, I want to give you a scripture in first Corinthians, uh, 12 verse 27 it says, all of you together are Christ's body. Each of you is a part of it. So the idea behind discovering purpose is that God has you a part of his body so that you can actually do something great for his kingdom, that God wants to do a great work not just in you, God wants to do a great work through you. And a lot of Christians, a lot of people that I know that made decisions to follow Jesus have a hard time understanding this. Why? Because the voice of the enemy is being amplified through various means. And the voice of the enemy is, you're not worthy. You're inadequate. Yeah, you can't do this. And, and people are hearing this like repeat on a broken record and they just keep skipping and you're not worthy, you're inadequate, you can't do this. And they keep hearing that over and over again. But God says just the opposite. And the whole story of Exodus with Moses is a perfect example of a guy who's saying, I'm not qualified. And God says, I wanna use you because you feel like you're not qualified. So the fact that you feel like you're not qualified actually upgrades you to where God wants to use you even that much more because when God does use you, you're gonna give all the credit to him. That's what happened with Moses and that's what will happen with you. Let me tell you something that I said, I believe last week, but it bears repeating. There, there is this truth that God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So I, I want you to embrace that uh, Pastor Phil's doing a, a growth group right now called Next Steps Group. This would be, if, if you really want to dive into the purposes and the plans of how God wants to use you, then I encourage you, get into Pastor Phil's life group 
and you'll you'll walk through some of those basic principles, take spiritual gift tests, and and have all kinds of fun. But I do believe, and I sense during COVID that there may be a Bible college that comes out of atmosphere. I, I had a little Holy Spirit nudge uh, about a month ago that there. I mean, God has put professors in our our new church. God has put some very seasoned spiritual directors in our church, and I think He's up to something. I. I would say probably maybe in the next 10 years, you might see like a university of, of some kind coming from our church. Uh, and here's the fourth thing, and we got to end here, and that is make a difference. So the final stop, as you develop your faith, as you take it out of park and put it in drive, that God wants to lead you to a place where you're actually making a difference through your life. First Peter chapter four, verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another, to serve one another. So God has raised you up and has worked inside of you so that he could use you to help other people and to bring his kingdom. Remember part of the Lord's Prayer that we covered in the last four weeks was, Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Guess how he's gonna do that? You, my friend, are the conduit of heaven in which heaven is going to come down to earth. That's right. He's going to take your humanity and he's going to send you his divinity and he's going to fuse them together and something great is going to take place with and through your life. Yes, God wants to use you and there's miracles that he wants to do through. See, some of you maybe are just one step short of getting to this stop in your life. And I encourage you, just like I encourage you to get into a life group, I want you to jump on a serve team. Get involved. Start rolling up your sleeves. And the serve team may be the outreach team. You know, this Friday, we're going down to one of our hotels here in Thousand Oaks, and we're rolling up our sleeves. We're giving away free groceries. We're giving away free meals to hurting families that have been impacted by the pandemic. Uh, Maybe that doesn't uh, suit you. We, We have a serve day that we are doing in October where we're gonna have about eight different projects, and we're gonna take a Saturday out of the year and we're going to dedicate it to serve our community through various ways of random acts of kindness so maybe you you start there you do that others of you it may be shown to in-person gatherings i'm going to help set up i'm going to help tear down i'm going to help with the tech stuff i'm going to do some worship for god's kingdom i'm going to lead a life group there's so many ways that you can serve god's kingdom the question is are you willing and my job is to equip you so that you're ready to do just that. And I I believe that one of the other big reasons that God sent us here to this valley is that he wants a church to be vessels of love to a a community that is tired of people talking the talk. They want to see people walk the walk. I've talked to enough people around here that have church background. But you know what they tell me over and over again, uh, at least those people that are no longer a part of a faith community that were raised in the church, they're just like, it's hypocritical. It's like they, they say one thing and do another thing. I want to be a church that is so outrageous in love that we cannot be ignored. We want to be these love buckets of heaven. And we want, we want to have a reputation of love. And what that looks like, I I don't know. But we will do everything short of sin 
in order to make sure that the love of God is flowing through Atmosphere Church on a hurting, not just a community, on a hurting world. Like our, our church from day one, we put in a clean water well in Lusaka, Zambia. The first day that we launched our church two years, two years ago, next, next Sunday, we have a new water well, day one. That Atmosphere Church from day one is changing the world. And the more we get on the bus in order to get to a place of changing the world, man, the bigger impact we're going to have. So where are you out in the roadmap? And my encouragement for you, it starts with the first step to say, God, I want to know you personally. That's where it starts. Getting on the bus and saying, I want to follow Jesus. And I want to follow Jesus and experience God, a personal relationship with God. And if you have not made that decision, I want to pray with you right now. And then we're going to worship with one more song. So if you're ready to make that decision to follow Jesus in your life, to take that first step to know God personally, would you pray with me? Just pray this prayer simply right after I pray it, okay? Right wherever you're at, just pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you for dying for my sin and for resurrecting from the grave so that your life can be placed in me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit today. And may I know you personally, God, and, and, and get to know you personally more and more every day that I'm alive and I'm living. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you pray that prayer for the first time, I want you to take a moment and just type in, I said yes, on your phone and text the atmosphone right now. Say, I said yes. Because we want to partner with you in this decision, send you a Bible and some other great resources. They're going to help you in your next steps of following Jesus. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official website at atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click the link that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.